Today is Monday, June 26, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today we talk about talking in tongues, and hopefully Chris doesn't get zapped by lightning, but um, then we talk about is homosexuality a sin, and Mithraism in Christianity. Is Christianity really from Mithra? No. That's not even a spoiler, just no. Um, then Christian nationalism rears its head again. What does that mean? Um, I think Chris R., <laughs> who has not been struck by lightning yet, has a really good take on this and what it means in our current political climate. Then we talk about, you know, a little bit down Trump, because anytime we talk about politics, it goes straight to Trump. Um, so Trump, Pence, going back to the 2016, 2020 election certification, um, and we show how much people just don't know. <laughs> he wanted him to do something illegal. I'm like, no, he's saying something illegal is done, which is why he wanted him to fix it. Um, anyways, but um, people will interpret that like it was good, it was bad, it was legal, it was not, whatever. So we talk about that a little while, and then we go. <laughs> so check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Um, it's free to read with a Kindle subscription. It will not be so much longer. So check it out now if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription while you can. Otherwise, chip in some money and help support this podcast to buy the thing. Um, you can also check out the Ask a Christian store, grab a t-shirt, grab a hat, support this podcast. People still need Jesus more than ever. Um, and you can also click on the donate link and support us. We appreciate it. Um, we do not have sponsors. We rely totally on you. So thank you for all you do. Please share these links and enjoy this podcast. We'll see you later. And and I thought it was really, the format was like incredible to me uh, because um, even though it's a question by someone who's a non-Christian or whatever, um, the answer uh, kind of uh, informed us of something that we may not have considered I agree with you. Um, tell us how Chris uh, ruined all that for you. <laughs> or, or I'm just kidding. But yeah, John, I mean, that was, that was kind of the, I mean, I mean, that was the idea. I mean, well, now comes evil Chris to take away, take away Christmas. But yeah, I mean, I like that, right? I mean, it's like, it's ask a Christian. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, the Christian, I'm a Christian. So as long as, I mean, you know, we allow anyone, like people I haven't even hardly met, um, I mean, you know, I like to I like to know them a little bit, but I mean, you know, well, generally, if someone says they're a Christian, I'll, I'll kind of like give them a little a little leeway um, if they want to chime in and, you know, give a scripture verse or something like that. Um, but I mean, typically, yeah, I mean, as we meet people like the Christians, you know, we know we know what they believe, even though we disagree, as long as they are foundationally sound. Um, then, yeah, I mean, I want I want lots of Christians to answer from a Christian perspective. Right. Because it's not. Uh, like the whole goal is to present what Christianity is not like, like so many people have misconceptions. So it's to say, Hey, Christianity is not that this is what Christianity actually is. And then, you know, cause everyone says, Oh, how do you have monopoly on it? How do you know what Christianity is? It's like, wait, 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 from a biblical basis. Like I, I want everyone to, you know, focus on the Bible and giving their answers from a biblical Christianity perspective. And this is what biblical Christians think. So now you have a, you have a answering cue of like, you know, three, four, five, six Christians who all base their beliefs on the Bible and the core of Christianity. Um, and then if people are, are disagreeing outside that on secondary doctrines and stuff like that, and you know, how Chris insists he wants to be wrong, um, that's, that's fine. <laughs> but I mean, you know, to an unbelieving world, um, Jesus is it, right? And that kind of, I mean, that kind of gets to what, um, what I kind of want to talk about, right? Like things that kind of irritate me. 
um, a little bit is when we they're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, he's he's OK. Sure. He's great. He exists. And then it's like, but what about space time dimensions? <laughs> what about transhumanism, interstellar travel? I'm like, bro, come on, repent and believe the gospel. Um, like just last night, I was somewhere and, you know, there was none of that. And I talked to this guy um, who who was sitting by me and he, I saw him reading a Bible. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm. I had a question about, about like, um, the, the venue I was at and he's like, Oh yeah, I go to, I'm a student here. I go to this Bible college, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, cool, cool. And we started talking and he just like jumped into his story. Um, he's like, you go to church. I'm like, yeah, I go to church. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe Jesus. I'm like, how about you? I mean, obviously he's reading his Bible. So he's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, man, it's a crazy ride. I'm like, Oh, how long have you been in the school? He's like, Oh, about nine months. He's like, we're in summer break next, next, semester starts at the end of summer he's like man it's a long while a uh, long ride blah 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 he's like um and i told him about the gas station i came into um, on the way to find this place and he was saying like yeah i was at a gas station one time like you know a couple years ago before he got saved he's like i was drunk and high um looking for more drugs outside this quick trip and you know this person just came up there's like hey there's a better way <laughs> like follow jesus jesus loves you jesus will save you he's like i never went back i never looked back i'm like huh I'm like, there is something to that, right? Because sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like, why would you just believe in some ancient guy um, that died to save you as a sacrifice? And I mean, this guy, I mean, given he was drunk and high, I don't know if that works for or against this argument, but you know, he wasn't questioning, like he knew his life was not going in a good direction. And he's just like, yes, I will follow Jesus. And he didn't have like a million questions, like where's your textual criticism of this bronze age? Um, he's just like something in that, like struck a chord. He's like, yes, Jesus. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of times I, I, you know, get irritated when people slow walk us to epiphanies they want us to have. I'm like, bro, just spit it out. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll lead with that and spit it out and be like, look, here's the big thing, right? Here's the big sale. What do we get? What do we win? Uh, nothing. We get some more people, you know, saved from the fires of the hell we believe they'll otherwise be in. So repent, believe Jesus. But what about what I just repent and believe Jesus? Just believe, just believe. But how do you expect me? Don't know, don't care. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> it's like, look, the world is winding down. You know, I mean, instead of like flying cars and like, you know, flying trees and some space age utopia, um, we're probably going to extinct ourselves um, is, is a higher chance than that. So it's like, look, the time to decide is is imminent just decide like you can't spend your entire life questioning like make a move do something like are you going to believe this are you going to not seek and find or don't um i, I think a, a more aggressive way of saying that is poop or get off the toilet <laughs> well, well i mean that's um, what yeah, I, anyways that's what i like nate is that uh the person was given an answer from four or five and sometimes that takes a long time and then the person was able to respond afterwards but they were not what they were not allowed to do was to debate what was said, and and I love that as well. Here you've been given an answer, and you can certainly respond, but we're not going to debate it. And and I, I love that part about about this room too as well. Yeah, I think I I mean it's it's weird, right? Because like I mean the, there's like multiple multiple things, right? Like on one hand, yeah, I love the idea of you know we have enough good good sound Christians. Um, you know, to to field questions and enough questioners to just keep the questions going, not to like shut it down, like, you know, a little bit of back and forth is why. Like if we give our answer, they're like, OK, well, what about this? Like a little response is great. But to turn it into like, you know, six hours, like will easily happen if, if and has happened if we just like keep going and going. And and it's hard, right, because on one hand, it's like, well, if there's no one else wanting to ask questions, what else are we going to do? 
um, start talking in tongues. I don't know. Chris, you good with that? Um, so if there's more sure. people to ask questions, then, then, hmm. so if there's enough people to qu keep asking questions, it's like, yeah, you know, thanks for your question. Here's a little back and forth. Let's go to the next question. Cause you know, people are putting, getting put to sleep. Um, but then if there are none of those, I'm caught somewhere between what you think, John, which I agree with, like not a whole lot of debate, but it's like, well, I guess we can talk a little bit about it since no one else has anything to say. Anyways. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you in mission and mindset. And then just from, you know, not having dead silence, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have a better way? Maybe we can just like expound. I mean, asking Christians to keep talking about their points should be easy. <laughs> Chris, did you say Bahia Honda? Should have bought a Kia, but he bought a Honda. He's making fun of people who talk in tongues. Well, I thought he was talking about, about the Kiwis over there in Florida. No, he's probably going to get struck by lightning in a minute. The, but the Florida Key, the Beda, and Hara Hara. Sounds a little ethnic, Chris. I don't know. You may want to walk that back. I mean, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, what's up, Joe? Thank you. Good morning. So Good morning. Um, did you guys... Didn't, okay, so we all know that in Christianity, there's countless different religions, sects, right? Denominations, sure. Thank you. And so the reason why our, <clears throat> I've discovered when I've gone throughout my life to different churches, Methodist, Catholic, born again, Presbyterian, Baptist, they have different dare I say the word interpretation for certain scriptures. So for one, John 10. So Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I have sheep. My sheep know my voice. And then, and I have other sheep who also know my voice. Them too I shall call out. Now, just one of many that I'm hoping you can help me with because who are the two separate sheep? Um, I'll end by saying some say, one is are the Jewish people is Israel, right? One's Christians. Some say it's one group is the 144 and the other is the great crowd. If you're familiar with those two groups in Revelation, yeah. So how? So yeah. How do you figure? Like, how do you figure out these? What this means? Uh, so, well, to to preface that, just like um, well, sort of going off what John said earlier, uh, kind of. But the ultimate point is something like this, where people would maybe see a big division and, I don't know, start a whole denomination almost because of this point alone. I would say this is where Christians are in unity if both denominations believe the core, the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. It does not matter their interpretation of the following. That being said, um, I know I've talked about this a lot. I don't remember any of it. So I'm going to say it's between Jews and Gentiles. And if I'm wrong, Chris can correct me now. <laughs> Chris, I've also heard people other say that his other sheep are Muslims, which I could not disagree more with. But um, yeah, what do you I think, mean, there's really only been one interpretation of this passage throughout church history, um, unless you're part of an aberrant cult like uh, Jehovah's Witnesses or something like that. Um, yeah, it just means Jews and Gentiles, and that's pretty clear from the context of what he's talking about. Thank you, brother. Yeah, that's how yeah. I've always understood it, too. Um yeah, principles of bible really interpretation are fairly straightforward like we did a whole so joe we did a whole class 12 classes long over 24 hours of teaching on how to apply proper hermeneutics as the apostles and the prophets did to understand the scriptures so that we can understand what the author's intention is um, it is a series called living by the book uh, you can find it on my clubhouse profile or pastor mark's clubhouse profile 
And for 12 weeks, we did like two hours a night with examples, with exercises. There's full handouts and you can follow along and that will show you how, um, how we look at the scripture to try to find the author's intent. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is whatever that author, that human author was intending to write. It doesn't matter what my opinion is or a John or, you know, anybody else. We want to get back as close as we can by examining culture and history and context and, um, you know, the, uh, the specific political events, like everything that has to do with um, that author, his intention and his audience, our job is to get as close to that as we can. Now, there will be disagreements as to what the author was actually saying, and that's why we have secondary issues like Calvinism and Arminianism and, you know, things like that. There's just secondary issues that, um, you know, are not, they're not first order issues that affect salvation. They're just things that, you know, uh, we can agree to disagree on and examine each other's hermeneutic to come up with those. John, you were saying? Oh, no, I, I wasn't saying anything. Oh, okay. Um, Chris, funny counterpoint. Um, I j- <laughs> Facebook. Facebook is fun. Um, there's this place uh, getting a lot of flack. It was called something like Artistic Prophetic Interpretations and was the name of the page. And um, when, you, when you go to it, they, they uh, had a quote, and it's like, don't just, uh, it's like something about you're limiting yourself and you need to open your mind and open the Bible, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, um, don't just think about what the Bible, what the Bible text does say. Imagine what the Bible text could say. Like, I must tell Chris this. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. I would. So, I mean, I think they said, on fire. I think they said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no shortage of nimrods that want to try to, we were just having this discussion this morning in another room about tongues, you know, and I was like, look, man, for 1900 years, nobody took that interpretation. It's completely novel. It's restorationist. And it was made, it was that interpretation was come up with by a guy named Charles Fox Parham, who was a child molester and a KKK grand wizard. Is that where you want to get your doctrine? Oh yeah, I guess it is. Okay, so I don't know anything about that, but I guess my Chris's advocate would be, um, would this be before or after he was saved? Um, yeah, and that, if that so, would be after. Um, okay, so are you saying people cannot be redeemed from a terrible lifestyle? No, no, no. He, he had a terrible lifestyle while claiming to be a redeemed pastor, quote-unquote. Okay. And being a grand wizard in the KKK, and he... He so he okay. So he, so he was all of these things you're saying while he also said, "Hey, talking in tongues is a, is the thing." Right. Yeah. He was leading. Okay. He was leading a restorationist mm-hmm. revival at a college in Kansas City, and then moved to uh, Zion, Illinois, to be with John Alexander Dowie, and they kicked off the Pentecostal movement together. Um, so I have a question, Chris. You know, everyone knows about Azusa Street. Are you saying that there's a, some sort of relation between? what you're talking about in the street? Yes. Uh, Charles Fox Parham was the direct teacher of William J. Seymour. William J. Seymour learned all of his doctrine from Charles Fox Parham. Wow. Okay. So there's a direct connection. A 
direct connection, not some oblique, like, oh, I'm going to draw some dots with, like, you know, thread and yarn between pictures. Nope. They knew each other. Um, and and uh, Charles Fox Parham would make William J. Seymour sit outside of whatever church by the window to listen because uh, black folk weren't allowed into the revival. And let's see, a couple thoughts, I don't know, taking what the enemy meant for evil and using it for good, giving beauty for ashes, I don't know, some of these things loosely flying around through my mind. Um, I will say that, you know, growing up in a church that, uh, you know, they did believe speaking in tongues um, is a thing, you know, I uh, I held my cool skepticism, and I was raising it, right? So, I mean, you know, as I guess from the time I realized what was happening, I was no longer playing with, like, race cars under the church pew, Um I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine for them if they want to do that. I don't know. Um, and then, you know, as I grew into a teenager and a later teenager, um, you know, that's still a thing, right? But I'm like super, super reserved. That's just who I am. Um, so very, very, very reserved, very not outwardly expressive. And, uh, you know, so whenever they're like, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they would be like doing the older youth service and like praying and all that type of stuff. And um, anyway, one day there was like this guest pastor there that was having a revival or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I've been through a thousand of these. So, you know, I, we went up and we were like praying around the altar and stuff like that for different things. And, um, all of a sudden I'm just like, probably akin to how Matt Slick, I think this describes it. It's like, you know, I, I know what this is. I could have easily faked this a thousand times to be cool with like the church girls I was trying to mack on. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, no, it's not me. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. Nate, <laughs> <Matt> Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, that was a little delayed. That may be one of the funniest things you've ever said, dude. <laughs> it's like showing how strong you are by carrying chairs, like put them up after the church auditorium to like impress the ladies. Anyway, oh so my I gosh, done that's this. It totally been easy. a meme. Like, that's totally a thing on Babylon B. I know, I stole it. Um, but the other thing is all me. Anyway, but one day, one day we're like, if they're praying and everything, I'm just like, oh, here comes the evangelist. Like, ha, ha, ha. Like, I'm going to plant my free feet. I'm going to act like I'm praying. Like, I ain't going down. Like, no one's covering me with a cape. Um, you know, and funny thing, the guy got to me and, you know, kind of like just ignored me. And I'm just like, huh. Well, I was all ready to like, you know, um, like snub this guy and be like, ha, ha, you have no power here. Um, and then all, all of a sudden, like, I'm just like, oh, he walked by me. And something happened. Um, call it whatever coincidence you want, but I just started, you know, like babbling like a crazy person. I'm like, wow, huh? And it's like, you know, I, of course I could have stopped it, but I'm like, well, I mean, I, I believe this is not the work of the dark one here. Um, you know, while we're singing and praising Jesus and all that, so I'm like, I'm all right. I'm just gonna keep going with it. And um, you know, so I mean, it's like a lot of things. It's not like God's like forcing you to do this. Like I think anyone would be like, yeah, I could totally stop. But I mean, you know, if you believe you're you're like, you know, we're the two or three, you're gathered in the presence of the Lord. Like, you know, you're not having a black mass or anything. So it's like, yeah, this is like, you know, God-centered. I'm, I'm not going to like try to shut this down and be a jerk. Um, so I went with it and I'm like, yeah. So anyways, that's not the normal, but it has happened. And I wouldn't say that's like, you know, got KK wizardry behind it. And, uh, you know, Apostle Sean is probably going to say something similar. Sean, I think you come from a Pentecostal background and, uh, you know, you, yeah, you occasionally talk in tongues. Yeah, yeah I do. Um, as far as uh, Charles Fox Parham, um, well, I don't know where y'all got the information that he was a KKK Grand Wizard. No, he was a KKK sympathizer. Uh, There's a difference between. <laughs> yeah, I got I got some other historical 
books as well about this that uh, say that he was a KKK sympathizer. And when and yeah, he went to Azusa. And when he saw blacks, Latinos, Asians, and white people all praising and worshiping God together, and it was not segregated, he had a problem. And he rebuked uh, William J. Seymour. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, but what do we see? Because that's because of the his segregationist views. Um, but did that did that stop the work of the Lord? No. Uh, from there we have um, Charles Harrison Mason, the founder of the Church of God in Christ, have. Uh, the founder of the Church of God. I'm here in Cleveland, Tennessee. And I'm and I'm been to a couple of Church of God. I'm seeing a multi-ethnic leadership, black, white, Latino, and when I and also multi even in the African-American portion of it, because there are people there who are, who are from African, who are who came over here from Africa, who migrated from Jamaica and, and other portions and other islands that are, members, that are in leadership in the Church of God. And it tripped me out. Um, the chance she happens to be Jamaican, so, uh, that I, with. But when I hear People really want this. Has been a a thing going on in, pen, in Clubhouse now for the past few months about Parham, and I'm no Parham fan. I'll admit it. But think about it: if it hadn't been for Parham, there wouldn't have been no Seymour, there wouldn't have been no C.H. Mason, there wouldn't have been no Assemblies of God, there would be no. Uh, Pentecostal Holiness Church, all these wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful churches out here that are out here preaching and getting people saved and then decide. That's what we're supposed to do. You're cutting up a lot. Am I? Yeah. We're hearing a lot of what you're saying, but you're cutting up. I mean, Sean, I'll come back and I'll go out and come back in. I'll go out and come back in. I mean, I love Sean, but I would say that the church would be far better off. Is that better? None of that. Had, oh, that's better. Okay. Well, you so, got to say so a whole Sean, sentence. I would say. Well, you uh, say it maybe maybe better, far better off, but it would be far smaller. So, I mean, I'm. No, pop, I mean, I'm a Calvinist. I, mean, you know, I think that wonder. everybody who would come to Christ would have come to Christ no matter what. So it doesn't matter. But like, you know, the, but my point being that. You know, I think that the charismatic movement has actually done more damage to the church worldwide than it has done good. And I could, I mean, I could back that up. I mean, I just, you know, and, and it's not to say that I don't think that charismatics are Christians. It's not to say that I don't love my charismatic brothers like you and Nate. But my problem is, is that the chasing of signs and wonders and the chasing of experience has crowded out catechizing people, has crowded out sound doctrine, um, 
and has again done far more damage because look at you know for every church and god in christ that came out of the pentecostal movement you've got three or four aberrant cult movements like oneness pentecostalism etc cetera, etc cetera. so like there's there's all of this this incredible damage that has been done to american christianity um for the last 130 years uh from this movement that i think is I, I mean, I just don't see it as a move of God, to be honest. Well, the first thing you, well, I mean, the first thing you can say, well, the really first thing you can say is Nate, Nate, as much as you know him, is not a huge chaser of signs and wonders. I oh, believe no, it's a thing. No, I believe no. it happens. No, um, no, well, well, right. So, yeah. so there's, there's well, well, right, right. different people. You're, I'm not trying to I'm paint saying. with a broad brush. Well, yeah, well, except you are. So I'm trying to like hone those, hone those strokes a little bit. So um, in the honing, I would say, that there's no way to know, right? Like if these, these movements that I guess you are not ready to, you know, call abject heresy, um, you know, the church of God, somebody's God, things like that, uh, uh, whatever Sean is, um, if we're acceptable enough (laughs) to you, um, if, if these groups didn't come out of it, then maybe the other groups that you say are also because of it, they could have been much, much, much worse, and they wouldn't have had like you know these other movements to kind of maybe temper it. You may say it was like a springboard off, but I could just as easily say it was to temper it. And if they didn't have this temperance, then maybe it would be even worse and even more. Um, but also, I mean, it's people, right? Like you know, you do have you do have people that are uh, get into prosperity gospel and chase signs and wonders, and if if they don't experience something or have some like woo type thing, it didn't happen. So I mean. That, that's just in discipleship. Like, I don't think we can say it's right that whole denominations would not be a thing. Um, anyway. That's all. The actions of a few should not outweigh. Oh, Sean, that's bad again. Yeah, I don't know where you are. Try to get some more bars. Uh, Daily Shadow, and then we'll say hi to Michael. Uh, Shadow, are you about to speak? Yeah, I just, uh, I was curious, Nate, because I... I was listening to some other Christians the other day talk about this, and I wanted to hear uh, what your opinion was. Do you think homosexuality is a sin? Yes. And why do you think that? How do you justify that? Uh, the Bible. No, I, look, I know that. I'm just saying, why? Do, where in the Bible do you think it says that? Wait, do you, do you think it doesn't? I mean, there's well, quite a few places in the, the Bible. 2013. All right, so are you holding yourself to Levitical laws? Is that what's happening? No, and I wouldn't have used that. I mean, look at the I New did, Testament. I didn't like, think lo- so there... either. That's why, that's why I didn't think that was a good answer. No, but, I mean, but I mean, as far as the morality of God and God's laws, I mean, yes, it does happen to say it in Leviticus, but I mean, it also says it in Revelation in the New Testament. Like, off the top of my head, there's probably at least, um, I want to say 10, but I don't know, 8 to 10 references, like in the New Testament, that specifically talk about it. Um, but I mean, just looking around the natural order, it's like, even from a, if people aren't worried about PR and getting a hate mail, if secular humanists just look around and they're like, okay, we want the greater good. We want to evolve. We want to, you know, perpetuate the species. How do we do this? It's like, okay, people need to have babies. Um, how do people have babies? Well, there's really only one way, you know, these puzzle pieces fit together to keep the human race going. And of course, you know, we have things now like, you know, there's plenty of people with surrogates and adoptions and all that. But I mean, if you just want to like go all the way back to natural basics, it's like naturally speaking, men and women have to hook up to create other people. And women and women can't and men and men can't. So if you even take religion out of it, it still makes perfect sense. Um, why, you know, I mean, you may not call it a sin, 
but you'd say the species would die if everyone did this. Hey, uh, Nate, I, I have a question from the uh, the chat. I thought it was a really good question. And it says, why did Jesus need to be crucified for our sins? Why can't God just directly forgive us? That is a good question. Give me just one second just to get uh, feedback or uh, follow up from Daily. But Daily, that, that's my answer. Do you have a quick thought on that? Yeah, I mean, um, I was more interested in the in the scriptural uh stuff uh i understand what you're saying about the other stuff i would disagree with that but kind of a different topic but i was just gonna say if my audio gets bad i'm sorry i'm i just got to work but uh i just wanted to say as a last little thing uh usually people quote like what paul said to to justify kind of the homosexuality is the sin thing um but uh, I didn't know if you were a Bible literalist. I, I guess I, I was just curious what your take was. I wasn't going to like really argue back and forth. Too much. Okay, sure. Yeah, and, and I would definitely include what Paul says because, you know, I believe it's inspired word of God. I also in Revelation where John talks about it and, you know, it talks about how I may get this slightly wrong, but it's like liars, adulterers, murderers, fornicators, homosexuals. All these people will have their part in the lake of fire. I mean, you know, that's not exactly like, ah, take it or leave it. I mean, you know, it's pretty heavy handed. Um, and, you know, the Bible talks a lot about sexual immorality and sexual sin for whatever reason. Like, you know, we're base, uh, you know, gutter creatures, like no matter how evolved people want to say they are. We always talk about like, you know, who we are, what we do with our junk, uh, you know, all this other stuff. It's like, where's the elevated conversation? And now in 2023, the most like high minded conversation is who you want to hook up with or what kind of special creature your sexuality is. Um, so anyways, the Bible, I don't know if it got it right thousands of years ago. I mean, I guess so. Um, but yes, I mean, the Bible talks about how sexual sin, you know, this is like worse than all kinds of other stuff because, you know, this is you and your own body. So it's like happening to you. It's not like external. It's not like you robbing a bank and be like, oh, oops, sorry. Uh, you know, no one died. So, you know, just forgive me. I'll move on. But it's like stuff that you're actually doing with yourself. So, you know, there's like spiritual consequences. There's like, you know, natural disease consequences. There's, there's all kinds of stuff like, you know, broken homes, broken families, like adultery. Like, so the Bible puts sexual sin, like, not not necessarily in a special category, but kind of in a special category. Um, and funny, that's what everyone seems to be wanting to like put in everyone's faces and focus on. But yes, so I, I do believe I'm a biblical literist, literalist. So keep in mind, that means if the Bible says this is literally a parable, that's how I take it. So not everything is literal. It's, it's how the author meant it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it is it is a sin. There's no way around that biblically speaking. Um, but yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, John, uh, yeah, what was it? Why doesn't uh, why does Jesus need to die on the cross to forgive us? Why didn't he just wave his hand and say all's good? Yeah, right. I get that from Muslims a lot too. So um, I thought that that was a great question. Well, go ahead and speak to it if you like. Um. Yeah, I mean the the way I look at it, like you know, um, when we sin, uh, the wages of that sin is death. That's the consequences. And it is a case that, well, if if it's uh, the consequences of sin, how can we be uh, made alive? We can't in and of our own actions. It's like if we do 10,000 deeds, it's not like God is outweigh, oh, there's a preponderance of good actions. I'll just overlook these infractions. God requires perfection because he's holy. and And it's such a case that we in and of ourselves uh, cannot, uh, 
you know, attain that life uh, in and of ourselves. And so God sent the Son uh, so that uh, we can be imputed that righteousness through the faith. So we, by our faith in his righteous actions, uh, receive the life, and in return, he receives the death that we deserve. And so that, that death had to occur uh, for that, uh, because God is also just. And it, so if it was the case that he just forgave us, he would not be just. But the way that he had it, and it's called penal substitutionary atonement, it is a case that God remains just while uh, simultaneously uh, giving us mercy. And then if you want to say, well, you know, why couldn't he just make it that way from the beginning? Why did he have to say, you know, uh, I guess he is just like, you know, you can go back as far as you can possibly go. Like, you know, why would God have to be just? Uh, why would God, even before the foundation of the world, you know, uh, know that Christ was always going to be the sacrifice for sin? Um, you know, go all the way back because, you know, once it's in the Bible, it's like, well, it's in the Bible, it's done. God's decided this. But if you keep regressing more and more back to why couldn't he just in the very beginning decide this was how it's going to be? Uh, great question. We don't know. Repent, follow Jesus, get to heaven and ask him. Um, I don't mean to be glib, but I mean, that that is the answer. Right. So for, for salvation, you know, we believe this is the way this is the only way this is what God decided. So, you know, get with the program, get saved, get to heaven. And if you really care about that question, um, you know, I don't see why Jesus would not give you an answer. I mean, it's probably going to sound a lot like what John said. But, um, yeah, that would that would be it. Michael, I forgot to come to you. What's up, Michael? Good morning. Hey, that's OK. I'm feeding snakes. Um, <laughs> feeding uh, Christians. <laughs> no, no. I, and unless unless these mice got saved, I don't know, um, which is which is probably doubtful even by even by your uh, thoughts. Um, well, some of them, a couple of mice, a couple of rats. Um, anyway, um, well, a bunch of stuff this morning. So I, it's interesting. One of the things that I think uh, that's most uh, in my head right now, or it's at the top of brain anyway, is I agree a good deal with what Chris said, and and uh, and of course, Nate, I don't mean this as a personal slight, but. I think the whole um, kind of charismatic movement, the whole like when I see somebody, you know, kind of and and forgive it because it sounds less terrible. I mean it too. When I when I hear somebody or see somebody rambling away in in gibberish, um, that concerns me. And so, like as an atheist, I I agree with Chris. Like, yeah, that causes damage because like me as an atheist, I look at that like that guy's not okay, or a guy's not okay. Um, so that, that that's the first thing. So you know, start the start the morning with a point of agreement with Chris. It'll be the last one this week, but anyway, we'll start it off on a, on a good note. Well, um, I, mean, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I agree with that. Like, you know, it can get weird real quick. Like, you know, you shouldn't be spooky. Like, there's nothing weird. Like, don't make make people think you're crazy. I mean, that doesn't help. Um, you know, again, <laughs> so it's like whenever this happens. Like, I grew up in this stuff, and still, depending on the person, uh, where I believe, you know, all this is a thing, but it doesn't mean everything is a thing. So it's sure. like, you know, my feelers come out, right? Because, you know, I think that the talking in, in unknown languages and stuff like that, you know, should be more reserved for, you know, you and God private time. Um, so what you just said doesn't happen. And if you want to go on a tangent, you know, uh, whenever people do that, I'm like, okay, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they get carried away in a moment of excitement. Uh, but if they do it for 10 minutes, I'm like, mm, probably not. Maybe they're a little bit in their self too much and trying to put on a show. Um, I don't think that's necessarily, you know, a good thing. But also not wanting to, you know, be the person to judge. I'm like, well, look, 
Maybe we disagree. Um, I don't know the reasons. Could be could be bad. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Oh, continue. I think you weren't done. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's no. It, it's fine. Yeah. And I think I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to that too. Um, and, and I think you know, keep it in your prayer closet. I think I'd like that more. Um, ha, there's a lot of things <laughs> people would say that I'd like to see kept in the closet. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, but then and also, I think it's interesting what, uh, what what John said a little bit. And again, I'm not trying to like you know uh, start a fire, but it it seems like I, I hear this a lot. Uh, and it's one of the parts of Christianity that's that's for for me at least currently irreconcilable, and that is that you know I, I hear there are lots of people now that talk about oh you know they want to talk about logic 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 when it comes to God. Um, sometimes I I like your approach more, Nate, where you just like repent and believe. Of course, understanding that we can't choose our beliefs, but cool. Um, so there's no there's no logical uh, contradiction with God saying. I forgive you sans, uh, sans sacrifice, right? If, if it's possible, if, if, it is, if it is the case that one, that God exists, and two, he can do everything that's logically possible, then there is no contradiction in God just saying, you know what, you messed up, but I love you all. Uh, and because the Bible says, you know, I want everyone to come to, for, you know, to, to a place of uh, salvation, um, you know, you're forgiven. Cool. Uh, let's, let's, now let's move on with things. Um, so it, it is, it, it is interesting, but, and, but what's commonly tossed up is, well, you know, it's in his nature and all this other stuff. And it's like, this is, this is where it gets a little, it starts to get muddy and starts to get very difficult for Christians that I've interacted with to, to not kind of start shifting around in their, in their seats. When, when you, when you come to the realization that it's, it's all just subjective, it's just, and you, you should just run with it, right? It is the way it is because it's what God wants. It's not objective. It is subjective. It is stance dependent, his stance dependent. And just, just, just wear the coat and run with it. Uh, I, I, mean, I actually don't. Not, well, uh, yeah. One second, John. Yeah. We'll get your take. I, I was going to say, actually don't disagree with you too much because I mean, that's, it doesn't mean that what people say is wrong, but I mean, that's where you start getting into interpretations and uh, you know, you, I mean, what we do know is sin is bad. God condemns sin with sin, without repentance. You know, if you don't believe in Jesus, you'll die in your sin. And, you know, as charitably as possible, you will burn in hell for eternity. So for whatever reason, stop your sin, choose God, seek him, ask him to show up for you, ask him to reveal himself to you, and put your faith in him to save you. That's it. Beyond that, about why God does stuff, like, you know, anytime we start talking about the mind of God, it's like, here we go. Um, because, and again, it doesn't mean people, what people say is bad or even wrong. It's just like that's where you get into people's interpretations. And then when someone finds a hole in maybe someone's interpretation, they're like, ha, I got you. See, your God is blah, 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 implausible. And they're getting this off someone's interpretation, not what the Bible said, which is sin is bad, repent, live forever. Uh, John, go ahead, John. Yeah, so what you were describing, uh, Michael, um, I was listening. Well, if, he, if God just forgave somebody, the question is, is that just? Is there justice in that? I think there would be a suspension of justice. Is is whatever what? God says right? No, what I'm saying oh, is... No, John, answer my question. Is mm -hmm. whatever God says right? Not in virtue of him saying it. So I don't want to discuss the oh, really? UFO. Right. Really? That's interesting. Right. Okay, go right. on. So so you're trying to shoehorn me into the first horn of the UFO. Uh, that That's not the discussion. The discussion is if God 
um, forgives somebody of their sin, is it just? You might call it merciful, certainly, but is it just? And so my point is that if a person sexually abuses a child and murders them and God forgives them, the question is, is that just? If he, if he falls to his knees, accepts the gospel and asks Jesus to, to save him, is he saved? Once uh, you're you're avoiding oh, no, a very John. simple question. Come on, I'm sorry. Don't try to don't try to wiggle your yes. way to this. The answer yes, is exactly, yes. exactly. But why is that? So, but, but why is that? But, because, but, but because, he didn't answer but, my hang, question, hang Nate. Well, well, hang, uh, well, I mean, you know, you did have a good point not to debate stuff forever. But I would say if he falls, so John's saying it wouldn't be just. But then Michael, the implication is if he falls to his knees, repents, asks forgiveness, you know, becomes a Christian, is he forgiven? Yes. And then the implication is that's not just because he gets a free pass, but that's the entire crux of Christianity. By him doing that, his justice was heaped on Jesus via sacrifice. Amen. So you've that's got like a, you've got like a, you've got like you've got so so you've got like a justice grace juxtaposition. So it's like people want to want to focus on is this just as if that's the only thing, but then there's this whole other thing about grace. So you've got the sacrifice of Jesus. You've got the sin, the punishment that this guy would have got would have been justice. Now we're saved by grace through faith. So someone got punished. That was God himself. Um, so, and that's the whole thing, right? Some people think it's a wonderful, beautiful thing that, you know, our God would do this for us. Other people think it's horribly amoral that or immoral that this God would like scapegoat some, for someone, which is exactly the case. So for someone who truly repents, believes, puts their faith in Jesus, they're reborn, they're a new person, they're alive in Christ. That person, yes, they go to heaven because Jesus, our God, was murdered on a cross to pay for that. Um, so, I mean, that's the entire point of Christianity. Oh, no. And, and, and I, and I totally get it. And, and I totally get it. But it's okay. So from a, from a Christian perspective, who, def, who defines and dictates what justice is? It's not arbitrary. God. God. I, I, I didn't ask you whether it was arbitrary or not. I asked you who defines it. God determines. What's okay. Right perfect. Now. Perfect. So if he defines it, can he, can he define it? any way he chooses the answer is no yeah he can't he can't define it any way he chooses yeah he can define it yeah he can if he wants to he can that's part of being god he can do what he wanted sure yes he he can do what he wants to do so if he wants i don't don't agree with that i feel like there are rules set for a reason so that he is trustworthy he okay are those rules internal or external to god we've got about a minute left on this no, are, are those rules internal to God what? or external to God? Well, hey, Michael, I, I don't, I don't want to sound Calvinistish uh, this early in the morning, but uh, I, I w- they do have a word called sovereignty, and depending on how you want a, a person, there is no way you can accept the Bible and the testimony about God and not believe that He does what He wants to do when He wants to do it, how He wants to do it. I mean, that's there is no way around. Sure. Yeah, and and, and as a, and that is what God I believe. Oh, yes. so well, no, according so to Titus one, he can't. But according to Titus one, he can't lie. So uh, you well, know, which which is weird because he can also do anyway. Nate, I think you should take over. This is going down a rabbit hole, and there's eighteen people talking. Okay. Yeah. So hang on, hang on. And normally I would let this go at probably our own peril, but you know there are some other people, so I want to get to them. And welcome, D. Uh, let's see the next person though. Aman, yeah, what's up? I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. Aman. Yeah, Hello. hang on, Muse. Hang on. There's another people before you. Should have got her earlier. Uh, Aman, what's up? You're next in line. Hello. 
Hi. Did you have a question? Uh, no, I don't have any question well, right now. He was the one with okay, the question well, about why did why did Jesus have to be crucified? Well, that was him. Okay. Well, yeah. If you have anything else, let us know. I think that was answered. Um, yeah, I'm, Brandon. I'm not... Hello. Well, hang on. You're not ask next. question. Please. On my screen. Uh, hang on. Calvinist Brandon was next, but I know you. Uh, did you have anything to say, or can we get to the new people? No, I, I, I had came in earlier on the um, the aspect when you were talking about for is uh, the the list of uh, vices that will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, and you know, is to me is one of those things. Just to piggyback, either it's one of, either you believe it's true, either you don't. But it's I mean it's it's very clear cut. The abominable whoremongers, all liars. Uh, all will have their part in the lake of fire. I mean, midnight ramblers. Uh, we used to say wine bibbers. Uh, all of. Them. I mean, you you just you you can't. I mean, this that this takes no theological sophistication. Like you don't have to like have a good systematic. I mean, it makes it makes it very clear cut. It's holiness or hell. Uh, that that's that's all I want to hit on. I heard that part, and I would just sometimes when I do hear people try to argue with that list, I'm just like, I I just don't see how how you're not a welcome country. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, there's I mean, there's stuff like what we we're just talking about where you know there's kind of interpretations. Different people have it. I mean, if you're if you're reading the Bible at all, it addresses that subject in so many places, you just cannot, with any integrity, um, say it doesn't say what it says. Um, I mean, there, it's just addressed too too many times, as if it's really important. Uh, D, what's up, D? How are you doing? Good morning. Are you speaking, D? Good morning. Good morning. Um, the only thing that I came off mic to say is that I do believe that our Heavenly Father can do what he wants, but I feel... I guess it goes the field word. All of those rules are set from the beginning of what can and cannot be done. Because if we have a God who's not trustworthy, that we can't rely, that he's going to be the same today, tomorrow, and forever, then what's the point of worshiping him? Because it's just like with amnesty. If we say let everybody, and I'm not to say I'm for or against it, but if we say let everybody in, people are going to still come, and there's no rules. If there's no rules and things can be changed, then what's the point? Because at any time, the rules can be changed. And I don't think that makes for a good creator. I mean, the laws of physics are here for a purpose so that we know that if we do this, then this is what happens. If you keep moving a goalpost, it can't be trusted. So I feel like we have to be very careful when we say that when we tell people God can do whatever he wants, because in our sense, we get that, but they're not taking it in a in the same way as we're giving it to them. And that's where I wanted to land. And I'm about to go to work, but I will be listening. <laughs> well, you tiptoed around Emerson nicely. I'm glad you're here. Glad when you could talk. Um, let's see. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, uh, piggyback, all right, Muse, you're... if I may, a little bit. Um, you know, sure. do you know that's correct? We can trust God because God cannot lie. As Romans 3, 4 tells us, let God be true and every human being a liar so that you may, so that you may be justified when you judge and prevail when you speak. And so... So in that sense, we can trust God because He uh, He is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and life. I thought Muse was. <laughs> Go ahead, Muse. Uh, first of all, I would like to make a couple of things uh, clear. Uh, good morning to all of you. Uh, first and foremost, I would like to greet you in the name of Christ. Uh, be blessed. Anyway, yeah, I have a question. Uh, before I do so, uh, I wanna I wanna uh, say a few things. 
first of all, God cannot lie. That's one thing for sure. There's a few things God cannot do. He cannot lie. He cannot deny himself. And he cannot violate his own word. So that's the three things that God cannot do. Second of all, I have a question for Mike. Uh, Michael, uh, uh, do, you, uh, do you believe God is sovereign? And if you do so, in what way is he sovereign? That's my question. No. no. Uh, so, I, I mean, this is the first time you and I are talking. I'm an atheist. Uh, the Christian God is, is man-made mythology. Muse me, uh, Michael. Michael, muse. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that, that's my question. I mean, you're 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 atheist. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let me pose that to uh, a believer in Christ, Nate. Uh, do you believe God is sovereign? And if you do so, uh, in what way do you believe He's sovereign? Um. So, gee, I think you've heard all the all the different angles. I'd say yes, I I believe, and I think all the Christians here would probably say God is sovereign. Um, and I think, gosh, without having a two-hour conversation, um. Yeah, I mean, I think that make that means, you know, some people may say might makes right if that doesn't align with what they think God should do. But ultimately, you know, God's going to get what God wants. Um, if he's if he's wants to do it, um, you know, if it's something he says this is going to happen, I'm going to do this. It's going to happen. Um, that's what I mean. So I don't take a hard stance one way or another. If, you know, the God can't lie because he he is bound and he is incapable of lying or because he doesn't lie because he chooses not to lie. I mean, at the point where the decision was made, I mean, you know, if it's if it's in his word, then, you know, the Bible's not going to change. So if there was a time before that, before, you know, whenever, however, you can infinitely regress when when that was decided, could he have chosen to lie? Um, I'd focus on the fact that he did not lie and he does not lie and cannot lie. The reasoning behind it, it doesn't matter. Well, he doesn't yeah, want to lie. He doesn't want to lie. Right. But that doesn't matter. I mean, it for the people who are like, what is God and that need to be told Jesus can save you and give you eternal life. It does not matter if he cannot lie because he chooses or he cannot lie because he can't. What matters is they are like Brandon put earlier destined for a lake of fire. If they don't receive the gospel and receive Jesus, that's what matters. Sorry to yeah. evade your question there. Muse. <laughs> One more question. I mean, what makes, I mean, what makes God God? That's the first, I mean, that's a, that's a question because, uh, because, the reason why I say that is because of uh, the one thing that we know about God is that he cannot lie because of his word is forever established, you know, forever uh, settled in heaven. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the one thing that he chooses, no, he did not choose because of anything possible for him to lie because any word that comes out of his mouth will bring forth the manifestation thereof. So, yeah, I mean... I mean, it, 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 it can't. I mean, that's what makes him God, God. You know what I mean? The, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, what they call the, un, uh, the, the inability to uh, say lie things or say something else. So, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. And I mean, I'd also say what God makes God, God is God is God. Like God was, God was around before anything else was around. Like he is the one who created everything. He is the life giver. He's the lawgiver. He's everything. I mean, you know, there, there is no one else there. Like it was this being, I mean, that, I mean, that actually is what make God makes God, God. But I mean, you know, I don't disagree with the other stuff. Um, all right, Chris, here's one for you. Um, and it's going to be answering whatever Zoroastrian has to say. Well, What's up, Zor? Hello. So, um, 
Yes, I believe that uh, basically mysticism is the origin of Christianity because it was the pre-Christian uh, Roman religion which, uh, from my understanding, Constantine adapted Christianity as the official religion of his empire because he didn't want his religion uh, to be to have stemmed from that of his enemies, uh, which were the Persians at the times. Uh, but um, do you also believe? Do you agree with this that you know Christianity has its origins and its roots in mysticism? No. So Victus in everything that, say for instance, uh, Catholicism, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the practices that they have. What, what, what are is very the similar. word that you're saying? Zoro, what is the word that you're saying? It has its roots. Mithraism. Do you want me to type it down so you can look at it Mithra, yourself? Mithra! Oh, Mithra! Oh, no. I wrote it down no. in chat. Okay, no. Yeah. no, that's complete nonsense. The only reason yeah, that, I say that, that, it and I ask is because, uh, like, you know, the breaking of the bread and the wine, you know, that was a Mithraic ritual, except the wine was, you know, mixed with amanita yeah, and scary mushroom. Uh, you know, um, the, the concept yeah, of, of that, that is, like, the... All of that is nonsense. It's all hey historical. None of that has any basis in reality. This is all just stories that people tell about Mithraism. Like, again, Mithraism has nothing to do with Christianity. The first Christians didn't even encounter Mithraism until hundreds of years after the founding of Christianity. I mean, it's just, none of it is true. It's all ahistorical nonsense yep. that is easily debunked by picking up any history book of any, like, weight academically. Yep. It's, just, it's just a dumb idea. Well, there are some Oxford and Cambridge and Harvard professors, you know, who's, you know, cool story, bro. books I can reference to you. Post the articles, name them, show <laughs> okay. us the academic Let me... journal. All right, well, you're getting that. Pastor Sam. Good morning, Pastor Sam. Morning, Nate. Morning to the to panel. You know, when you hear people ask questions about God and make these statements and say that, could God do this or could God do that? Here's the thing about the God of the Bible that we know for certain. He's already done that. We're here on earth, just like what the Bible says. We're here right now. It's not, is he going to do it? It's already done. <laughs> what we fail to understand is the deep contusion of what sin is. We're not talking about the behaviors of sin, but the 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 uh, the nature that was adopted by Adam into himself through disobedience. That nature overtook man's psychology, his philosophy, his spirituality, and his physiological self, and because of it we develop ideas like God doesn't exist. That's because sin does that to the mind. See, here's the thing. Here's the position of every human on this planet. You can take whatever side you want to take. If the God of the Bible that, that we read, if he, if, if he created everything that we see and know and hear, everything that we can perceive and including ourselves, who are we to say, that you're not true. Who are we to deny and demand that he do anything? We don't hold that position. But sin, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, sin will cause you to have this position. Sin, according to what we see in, 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 in the story in, in Adam, sin causes us to retreat from the presence of God. So every time we who have trusted in the gospel and the love of God, when we mention this God, every sinner, the sin within them rejects that idea. You don't have to say I'm an atheist to be one. 
All you have to do is just be born a sinner and automatically our innate nature rejects the story that God has already made his plans. He's not he's not asking for permission. It's already done. Already. Thank you, Pastor Sam. Uh, <clears throat> what? Yeah, I, I would just say the amen to that. I was agreeing with him for the pastor. Oh, okay. I, I, I will say, well. I will uh, say, DC. Sam <clears throat> I disagree on so much stuff, but he he has a very, <clears throat> I, I love the way Sam talks. He's so passionate and charismatic. Uh, we, we disagree, but Sam, I love you, man. I love you too, Mike. Appreciate you, bro. This dude, this dude, this is one of the, I tell you, I, 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 well, it's a lot of people on, on, on Clubhouse that I really love and respect, but as a person, just as a brother in humanity, this Mike guy, good guy. This is where Chris breaks out in the Kumbaya. Uh, yeah. DC, what's up? Welcome, DC. <laughs> Thanks very much. Good morning, everybody. Got nothing right now, but uh, I'll just uh, go on mute and let uh, Chris continue singing. Ha. <laughs> Uh, well, short of that. that is uh, exactly Chris Claus. And one more. <clears throat> Salam. Good morning, Chris Claus. What's up? Salam al peace of the Messiah be with each and every one of you. I heard Mithras being mentioned, and I, I couldn't hold back my laughter. Chris Ra, you did an amazing job destroying that. Sometimes there's claims made that Mithras was born of a virgin on December 25th in a cave attended by shepherds. But the truth is, Mith Mithras was actually born out of solid rock, leaving a hole in the side of a mountain. Uh, he was not born of a virgin, or he was not even born on the 25th. Uh, certain claims that people have about Mithras was he was considered a great traveling teacher and master. But the truth is, there is nothing in the Mithraic tradition indicating that he was a teacher of any kind, uh, but he was kind of considered a master of sorts. This would not be unexpected of any deity, however. Uh, most mythologies describe their gods in this way, which is kind of debunked. Uh, another thing that they make is Mithras had 12 companions or disciples, kind of like Jesus. Uh, but there's no evidence uh, for any of this in the traditions of Iran or Rome. It is possible the idea that Mithras had 12 disciples is simply derived from the murals in which Mithras is surrounded by 12 signs. But those aren't disciples, they're signs. Mithras, another claim, promised his followers immortality. Well, there's a little evidence for this. It is certainly reasonable to think that Mithras might have offered immortality, as this is not uncommon for any god of mythology. So if you look into the mythologies, a lot of gods promise immortality to humans, so it's not uh, an obscene or, or uh, suggestion that Mithras may have done this. But again, not technically true. Another thing that I'd like to say, though, is that Mithras sacrificed himself for the world peace. And there is no evidence of this at all. Although there is a story about Mithras slaying a threatening bull in a heroic deed, uh, but that's as close as it gets. So I'm not sure where these people get the Mithras story compared to the Jesus story. It's nothing but baloney. And any comparisons made from Mithras to Jesus is written after the death of Jesus. Well, thank you for that. And I'll just make I, a I very brief comment well, that uh, the reason you, that you say that, you know, there, uh, some say this, some say that, but there's no proof. 
is because when Constantine adapted Christianity as the official religion of his empire, after moving his capital from Rome to Constantinople, which is Istanbul, um, he adapted, uh, he uh, crucified any Mithrists. They, he destroyed their temples. Oh, sweet. All That's of the, sweet, So this is the reality. It's not, I'm not saying this is bad, that he's the only one. If you look at that particular century, everyone was savage. Like Persian kings, you know, killed their, you know, siblings, you know, the, the, I don't know, like in Rome, they done that, you know, they beheaded the guy and the five sons, you know, the, everyone was savage. You had the Arab invasions. But what I'm saying is, it's just very interesting because, like, for example, if, when I look at into, uh, like Islam, uh, which I don't like, um, like I'm Iranian, I see, hang on, uh, the crescent moon and the star, uh, well, the crescent moon itself uh, is a Mithraic symbol which resembled the fifth initiation grade of Mithraism out of the seven. You know, like I see that hang on, the last three of the Mithraic initiation grades were based on uh, the moon, the sun and Saturn. And then I think about it, hang on, we got Monday, moon day, Sunday, day of sun and Saturn day. But this is in reverse order now. Why? You know, just just questions rise up. I'm here to just ask questions. Yeah, well, I think some of the questions I have are, and, and then we'll move on, um, some of the questions I don't need answers for are one, if the guy sacrificed himself for world peace, he did an awesome job. Uh, I mean, an awful job or awesome sarcastically. The world is not at peace. The world has never known peace. Um, so he, his sacrifice is in vain. Um, should not have done that. Um, and, and the second thing is, um, oh, the second thing is what I really want to say. What was it? There's a second thing. Oh yeah. So if true, um, then I mean, I guess he's not the, the one true deity or something like that, because, you know, if he was crucified and his followers were crucified or whatever, if his followers were crucified and that prevented his message of getting out as, you know, the, the true deity or whatever. Um, well, I guess same thing happened with Christians, but their message got out. So, I mean, you know, where there's a will of God, there's a way. So I would say that's probably more um, stuff you should look at in the Christian corner. If Christians were like, some of the most persecuted people on the planet, yet their, um, you know, their message got out far and wide, and, you know, poor Mithras did not. But I, I notice whenever you do see the comparisons, right, like Horus and Mithra and Christ, and they say that, it's kind of like the, the chain game, right? Like, you just keep talking to people, and you just keep, or you just keep passing it on like a chain letter, and you don't know why, like, whoever started it, you have no idea, they don't cite their sources, because they can't, um, or they're wrong, and they know it, uh, they're just doing it to, you know, get one over on Christianity. But it's like, you know, They'll do, you've seen those memes, they do the charts. It's like similarities Jesus, Horus, Mithra, all born of a virgin. And then you find out, you know, the side of the rock thing. And for Horus, it was like a magic golden golden penis in the Nile oh, River. I, I reference um, to Amazon books, by the way. Yeah, okay. A anyways, so you, you find out that it doesn't tell you why. It just says, oh, these are similarities, these are similarities, these are similarities. But whenever you can investigate the claims, they're like the most unsimilar things in the world. But people just keep perpetuating it over and over and over because, you know, they either think it's funny or they don't have they don't like Christianity. And it's like, oh, well, let's just do this because, you know, sure, why not? I don't like Christianity anyway. I don't really care if it's true or not. Let's just, I don't know, make Christians crazy. Um, <laughs> but I Let will me, rise. What's up? Can, I will uh, rise. Nate, yeah, can Sean, I go ahead. Nate, can I hear him Jake? Yeah, go uh, ahead, Sean. Um, the, this is the reason for a lot of people uh, – Turn, uh, especially in the in the black community, turning away from Christianity, going to the so-called well, if you know your African roots, like the Nation of Islam, like the Kemetics, uh, like the Hebrew Israelite, you, you got to know your heritage. Five percenters, and all yeah, yeah, and the nation of, of nation of God and everything, and even in the Zulu Nation. 
Because the Zulu nation is ecumenical. It welcomes everybody. <laughs> Whether you're Christian, Muslim, Kemetic, 5%, African spirituality, as long as you black or Puerto or, or Latino, you, you in there, baby. You in there. And 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 I I just, I read a book by Dr. Eric Mason. I don't know if it's gonna do with Mithra. No, Dr. Eric Mason. It's called Urban Apologetics. He's put I just put out the second volume the like last week. Uh, I had the first volume, and with it, it deals with a lot of these issues. The Nation of Islam. Uh, Dr. Damon Richardson writes a chapter on Islam because he used to be a practicing Muslim before he became a Christian. You know, when you say nation uh, of Islam, it sounds like a globalist kind of vocabulary. Think, think about, think about uh, Louis Farrakhan, Malcolm X, Elijah Muhammad, those people. Um, uh, oh, you mean Wesley Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad, Wesley Muhammad. I have his dissertations. They're Wesley, actually pretty Wesley, funny. I don't think Wesley even considered himself uh, a nation of Islam anymore. I think he's an orthodox Muslim. So I'm really confused. We were talking. Hang on. We were, we were talking about Mithra, and now we're talking about Nation of Islam. I'm confused. Well, all of this, all I, this <laughs> incorporates. All this incorporates because you were talking about Kemeticism. You were talking about Mithraism, and all these things, all these kinds of false teachings, uh, is very popular in African American community. You go to New York City, and you go into uh, um, the Schomburg. Uh, Institute, which is a portion of New York City Library, you go in there and you will find a plethora of stuff like this. We was talking uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Massey, Gerald Massey, and the um, Egyptology. Well, it's a lot of that going on, and of course, there's been proven to be pseudo, but everybody's trying to come against Christianity. If you notice, over the past few years, past past century, it's been a real heavy hitting at Christianity. Of course, Christianity still stands strong. Still, why? Because it's the truth. Well, I mean, I think we're going to see that more, right? And it's like one of the things you 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 know. I'll say I know gnostically. I just know this. I mean, we have history and evidence. But you know, it's one of the things you you know, but you you're not in a hurry to prove. Um, and it's like you know, the more the Christianity is persecuted the stronger the church is going to get and the more, you know, imminent this like revival revitalization of Christianity is because, you know, the true adherents are going to stick to it. And those questioning are going to see something back. Like, why the heck would you not just go along and get along? Why would you do this? And they're like, because it's true. And you're going to have more people, I think, being like, oh, wow, um, you know, let's consider mortality. Let's consider persecution. Like, you know, I'm not going to live forever. And, and you have more people like, considering things and falling in line and be like, yes, there is a God. Like, I'm going to fast run to this instead of like waiting till the end of my life, um, you know, because the, the end of my life could be tomorrow. Um, so I'm going to like, you know, make my decision quick um, rather than whenever we have it nice and easy, like we have for the last, I don't know, a couple hundred years here, um, we get really complacent. And we see now what complacency does. So, you know, it's like I'm, I'm not in a hurry to put that to the test. But we know it's to be true. Or we know it's true because we see it happening in China and the rest of the world. You know, first century Christianity, when they were persecuted the most, the church grew the most. Um, but I will rise. You have a question about Chris R's favorite topic, Christian nationalism. Um, yes. Go ahead and ask it. 
Yeah, I guess the question is, what is Christian nationalism and how does it relate to your eschatological views? So Christian so nationalism... I'll be, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll be short and sweet. Um, <laughs> whatever Chris is going to say. You know, I, I don't get bent out of shape when people use the term. It's usually pejorative, but whatever. Um, I mean, there are Christians who use the term not that way, so to each his own. But whenever they say it, you know, if they want to talk about, like, you know, God, family, country, and, like, you know, getting Christian leaders in, in politics, I mean, you know, it, it only makes sense that you would want the people that agree with you most in office making law, making policy. Everyone does that, and that's just common sense. Um, but if they want to say they want to force a theocracy or something, um, I would diverge and say, no, I don't think that's good. Um, but, yeah, so, and then how does it um, affect your eschatology? I don't know if you said that, or, or yeah, you did say that. How's it? It, it, it doesn't. For me, it doesn't play a part. Um, I, I don't see like, you know, humans are going to ultimately be able to stave off like, you know, the end of times or not like it's going it's going to happen. Um, so, you know, whether we live in a, you know, more Christian place or less Christian place, um, we just do the best we can share the love of Christ, share the message, share the gospel. And, you know, if it happens in our lifetime, it does, if not great. So eschatologically speaking, um, it doesn't play that big of a role for me. Um, neither does the term. But uh, go ahead, Chris. So the term Christian nationalism is specifically used by the media in the last four to five years, depending on who you ask, in order to other people who believe in something called evangelical Christianity, which would be most of the believers on here. The purpose of using the term Christian nationalism is to try to insinuate a Nazi type of movement that can then be othered to the point where you can put Christians into camps and murder them. And so you can see this in a lot of the media uh, that is talking about what to do about Christian nationalism. They're talking about re-education camps. This is not some conspiracy theory nonsense. This is what they actually have said that they want to do. And so when I hear somebody use the term Christian nationalism, what that means to me is that they want to murder me and my family because we may disagree with whatever the, the current um, zeitgeist is uh, in America. And so um, eschatology, uh, they will claim that post-millennials and Seven Mountains folks and th people like that are a threat to um, American democracy. Uh, they will start talking about January 6th and all these other things. Um, basically, it is a left-wing trope in order to other people and move the what's called the uh, Overton window uh, further to the left to take Christians out of polite society and make sure that everyone understands that Christian equals Nazi and Nazis must be killed. That's what Christian nationalism is. So I consider it a slur. Um, I consider it a dangerous slur, and the more people that use it, uh, the more that I'm going to stop listening to them. I agree. I, I, but... I, yeah, I think it's interesting. Sorry, just to follow up. Sorry, yeah, go Sorry, ahead. Just, just to follow up. Haven't, like, quite serious... I mean, G3, uh, the Twitter account, G3's Twitter account has posted about Christian nationalism. There have been debates on Christian nationalism amongst like Reformed Baptists who have like differing eschatological views. I mean, it seems as if even within the evangelical community that Christian nationalism is a debate, right? Not, it's not simply 
uh, a whip or a, or, or a stick that's used to be um, evangelicals, right? That, that was true a few years ago. That is no longer true. The popular idea of Christian nationalism is kill all the Christians. That's what it means. And so that is just, it is just dog whistle, left-wing dog whistle for round up all the people we disagree with and murder them. That is exactly what it is. We have to believe these people when they do these things. Left-wingers have been murdering people for a hundred years. We should take them seriously. They have killed tens of millions of people in the last hundred years. We should take them seriously. So when you hear the term Christian nationalism, you can give yourself a fig leaf about, oh, they're, you know, because what Nate said, there are some people that still haven't caught on in the evangelical community that think it's still okay to use the term or they want to try to take the term back to mean something far more innocuous, but they are simply being foolish and not understanding what the game is. The game is to destroy people and murder them. That is the game. And left I totally it for a hundred years. Yeah, I totally agree with Chris on that. So yeah, like if, if it's a Christian using it not as a slur, then yeah, perhaps they I mean maybe they're they're trying <laughs> to uh, to take it back. Um, or they just don't know. But from the other side, like if you hear it in the news, it's not going to be in a good way. It's not going to be Christian saying in a Christian way. So I totally agree with uh, Chris's analysis. I, I think it's interesting. I think it's actually more like for me, I think it might be fair to say. Maybe. Um, but only you can tell me, Chris. Uh, am I more am I one of the more left leaning people, you know? Yeah, but a nice one. Right. But we've talked about this, like, your your leftism is idealistic and not power-grabbing. And, and, and there are people on the right and people on the left that are there to grab power. And I don't see you as one of those people, but I see there's a vast majority of right-wing and left-wing ideologues that are not about anything except their own power and eliminating those who stand in the way, both right and Okay. Okay. So it might. So then it might be more fair to say that there are those on the left rather than make because it, because if I you know it's like you know it's like we we have to be careful with um, you know making all encompassing statements right. So when you say you know it is the you know it is the object of the left right because if I come out and say it is the object of the right, you know that's not going to be met with a terrible degree of charity either right. So are there and and I think but I think what you said just a moment ago and kind of and kind of Nate uh, echoed is true. There are those on both sides of the political spectrum that cease to grab power and use it for their own desires, left and right. Uh, to that, I don't think there's a reasonable argument against. But, you know, just, you know, in the in the interest of because like I am hyper left. Right. And I don't want to hurt anybody. So in conservative circles also, Michael, we draw a distinction between leftists and liberals. And so you would squarely, when conservatives are talking about the Overton window, you would squarely fall under the idea of a liberal and not a leftist. A leftist, by definition, if a right-wing person is talking about a leftist, we're talking about an ideologue that wants to gain power and 
break as many eggs as they as they do just to gain that power no matter what like that's the that is the idea of a leftist versus a liberal i would say you're a classic liberal i would say bernie sanders is a classic like liberal hey michael yeah. do you like trudeau um <sighs> I'm not a massive fan of Trudeau. He's done some things that are You're not, not leftist then. That, well, that's the test right there. <laughs> well, yeah, so I, I, are you Canadian? Yes, sir, I am. Oh, from whereabouts? I'm just outside Toronto. I am as well. I'm uh, about an uh, hour and a half from Toronto. East or west? I'm in Whitby. Oh, I'm in uh, Quinney West. Okay, guys, guys. Oh, guys. okay, all right. There's Muslims yeah. that follow yeah. Chris that want to murder him. Like for reals, like <clears throat> let's try not dox ourselves. Oh, I thought uh, you were going to tell him to sing the Canadian anthem or something. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm don't not, worry yeah, about like, that, Chris. I have my face and everything ooh, on the um, internet. My Facebook has my address, and it, it it's oh, already there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I I don't. I worry about those things not at all as well. Um, but yeah, like, but anyway, no. I think it's um, yeah. Like, to to more directly answer the question. Um, I, you know, uh, is Trudeau better than Polyev, for example? Uh, yeah, but then so would a rabid dog. So, um, but yeah, that's, I, I think in a, in a perfect world, uh, Jack Layton wouldn't have died and I would have wanted to see him as prime minister. Yeah, the, just a test for a Canadian to see how leftist they are would be to see if they like Trudeau or not. If, if Trudeau is like one of their favorite prime ministers, they're full on leftist. Now, if it's if it's if it's Trudeau or Polyev, I'm voting for Trudeau every day of the week. I I uh, vote for that party, and I didn't vote for him. Like, there's a reason for it, and they yeah, 100. Yeah, my party needs to have somebody that represents our party properly. Well, hey, uh, well, enough of the, the enough of the Canadian politics, <laughs> Rico. What's up, Rico? I'm about to go into the I'm about to go into the matrix. So if you guys are going to ask me any questions or anything, I won't be able to hear you. So I'm just letting you know I'm about to drive. How, to, how long will you be in the matrix? Uh, about 15 minutes. All right, Rico. What's up, Rico? Hey, what's up, fam? Man, just came to say hello, man. See you guys in a while, man. Heard my man Chris dropping some gems. I think Chris just said he jumped in the matrix, man. But if you hear my voice, man, what's up, bro? Just came to say what's up, man. Hey, man, good to see you. <clears throat> okay, so back to... Well, hello, hello. Uh, back to Canadia. Nice right. <laughs> John, I, I don't know what the significance of the uh, uh, Trump quote was the uh, I am a nationalist, but I mean I don't I don't see oh. a problem with that unless I unless unless you like you know are someone who's like no you should you know care about you know the entire world um you know at the peril of your own country but I mean you know for if that was on the I think it was around the Christian nationalist conversation so I mean nationalist should be even less of a problem. It's like you know God right. family country do what's in the best interest of your nation which you know seems like a pretty legit way to you know operate a country. Well, shouldn't yeah. somebody yeah. that's well, going to well, be well, president well. or running for president be a nationalist? You'd yeah, hope. Well, yeah, exactly. And so Trump said it in a different context. Now, he said, I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a nationalist. But he's never said, I'm a Christian nationalist. And, and they're trying to take that statement of uh, being a nationalist and trying to tie in with the phrase of Christian nationalism and make it something that it's not. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm more got a bag of tricks. Donald Trump. Trump is not Christian. Don't don't fool yourself, guys. 
I'm with yeah. Mike. Yeah. I think, God I knows think, the heart. That's my, uh, who knows? I, I mean, think, maybe, maybe Michael is, maybe Michael is a really great, uh, you know, good moral non-Christian. Maybe Trump is a really bad, amoral Christian somehow who, you know, has, I mean, we don't know, right? Like, I mean, you, you could pass judgment. Like we don't know anything. Don't know. Well, hey, hang on, hang on. Like, well, yeah, but we don't know his fruits. Like we don't know anything. I don't think really what he's done in the last, what, two, three years, like since like COVID and after he's left office, like all we've heard since then, like there hasn't been, I, I don't, I mean, there hasn't been any Twitter wars, like saying nasty things because he's banned on Twitter. Um, I don't think he's gotten really any fights with people. Like I don't think in the last couple of years, anyone has any data on the morality of Trump. Like he's just been, you know, embroiled in legal stuff. And whenever he gives the speeches, like, um, I mean, I don't really watch them, but um, I mean, I, I don't, there's nothing that's made headlines. Like he's done something terrible. He's got caught in something else. So, I mean, for the last couple of years, we don't have any data as far as the morality of Trump. But even if we did, someone could be, you know, a, a really crappy, uh, not super moral Christian and be saved. And, you know, they're working through their salvation and, you know, they're, uh, it may be a, a tough road, but, you know, that's not implausible. Uh, but anyways, that given, that being said, we don't know anything about Trump in the last couple of years unless someone's about to drop a bombshell. Like, well, what, about the, hey, like, what about the absence of even the milk of human kindness, right? In the last like, couple of years, we don't know. How about in the last few days, right? Would, would someone who, like, I mean, and this is not, you know, like, kind of like going to sound like a no true Scotsman kind of thing, right? But I, I can't imagine, like, it's hard for, so... Uh, I think we could all agree uh, that Pence is a is a Christian. I think he displays that both in his actions and in his uh, and in his declarations. Right? Uh, how do you know could that? You... I well, I just said what? by his actions and his declarations. And I got after. There's only right? one judge so... who's able okay. to save him. That, sure. That's Christ. Sure. Yeah. But but we but we talk about who, who's you know, who's a Christian and all these other stuff all the time. So I'm simply and I'm trying to make a point. OK, so I, I and if you disagree, like if you don't think Pence is a Christian, cool. Um, but I'm just saying that by so as an atheist, I look at him and say, yeah, I believe he's a Christian by his actions and by his declarations. Can I have a hard time imagining a world and this is not just incredulity, but I have a hard time imagining a world where Pence would take a stage and say something like, Ron de Sanctimonious, just as an example of, you know, human kindness. Well, okay. So I, well, hang on. I, I don't know Kim and I want to talk to her because we have a bad habit of Good making morning. people leave because we won't shut up. Um, but I would, I would just say, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe it's not super kind. Um, and I'll give you that. I mean, you know, it's not super kind. I think, I, I mean, personally, I think it just kind of hurts him, you know, because I mean, you know, people don't want to see so much infighting like that. I don't know. Some people may think it's fun or funny, but I mean, I take your point, Michael, but I would not, you know, try to uh, proclaim Christian or not by some kind or unkind stuff. You certainly shouldn't do it. But anyways, uh, Kim, what's can, up, Kim? Can I just throw this in there? For hey, no, no, no. Hang, hang on one second. I want to get to Kim. Otherwise, everyone's going to want to talk just one second. We'll come back to you. Guys, Good morning, up, everybody. Good morning. I was listening. Trump's a Christian? <laughs> okay. We don't know. Um, he definitely displays not very good Christian qualities if he claims it. Um, I'm not saying that I'm a 100% Trump supporter. I have my is about him. Um, as a woman point of view, I really have some big is about him. But um, when who, I don't know who it was that asked, do I see if Pence is a Christian? 
not, I don't know, because he's never came out and said he was one, you know, but I do say this, just because you do good and just because you're a good human being doesn't make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is, are you following the principles of what God tells you to follow? Do we know that for sure Prince isn't one? No, we can't make those judgments. We can't say, no, he's not, or yes, he is. But at the same time, I can go out and save a, I can go out and save a puppy. Does that mean I'm a Christian? <laughs> I mean, I can go out and save a puppy from getting ran over by a car. That's a good deed. Does that mean I'm I'm a Christian? No. Um, I think that Pence is a good guy. I think that um, it shows when Trump decided he wanted Pence to go against uh, when they were doing the uh, was it the recount they were doing the um, in the yes, certifying the, the election certifying the election and Trump asked him to go against it. Uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. He asked him to just say, oh, you know what? Just say I won. And Pence said, nope, I am not going to. That's against the Constitution and it's against what I believe. Maybe that's kind of showing some kind of a moral compass with him, maybe. But it still doesn't well, mean that he's a Christian. It just means he has a moral compass. <laughs> I mean, I guess just to, I mean, you know, to keep everything straight, like I'd say, I, I mean, I think. To be fair to Pence, like, you know, I don't like the guy. I don't like him at all. Not one bit. Um, I think, I mean, talking about sanctimonious, yeah. I think he is that way. I don't know how authentic that is, um, but I, I think he may play it up a little bit. But to be fair to him, I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I've heard him talk about his faith a lot. I don't think I've heard him say the words verbatim, I am a Christian. Yes, Nate. But Nate, talked, he but, did. But he, he said, I am okay. a Christian. I am a conservative and a Republican in that order. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. Okay. okay. So at least he, per, at least he professes it. Maybe I I, uh, let's see. Hey, hang on. Uh, and yeah. then the other, the other thing about, um, there's something else about Trump before the certification thing. Um, well, yeah, it may have been right before you got here, but we were talking about the last few years, right? So if you would have known me five years ago, mm -hmm. you'd be like, is that guy a Christian? Why does he have a Christian podcast? If you would have known me 18 years ago, it'd be like, wow, that guy is going to be like straight to hell. Um, and if you would have known me 20 years ago, it'd be like, how does he even call himself a Christian? Because I still, you know, consider myself a Christian. I believe Jesus. I believe all this, but I certainly was not living like it. Um, I was not living with conviction. So, you know, by the grace of God, uh, I've, I've had a slower track. That it got to meet you, Kim, when you're not speaking. There's a lot of feedback. But by the grace of God, uh, you know, I, I've taken kind of a winding long way around. But here I am, um, you know, more living like a Christian now than not. Um, Anyways, so I, I would say that. So if Trump is on a similar road, we don't know. But in the last couple years, besides maybe saying some unkind things, um, we don't really have data. All we have to look at is his past. And then the last thing, just this is a matter of interpretation. So, uh, you know, taking them all at their word, um, you know, Trump, the attorneys, the people that have spoken on different pundit news shows and stuff, um, the constitutional lawyers. If Trump believed that he was asking him to do something unconstitutional, then that would be bad. He'd be a terrible moral person and that would be illegal. Um, if Pence truly believed him doing that would be an illegal, unconstitutional, um, bad action, a crime, and he did it, then that would be, that would be, that would make Pence bad. Um, but at the war, uh, and that's what Pence claims, like Pence claims that that's his belief. So if that's his belief, then, then fine. That's his, that's his excuse. Um, 
taking Trump at his word, he's like, no, I wasn't asking him to say I won. He was asking him to, you know, send it back to the states because they, they did things like, you know, one example was in Pennsylvania, and that was where the target was, apparently. Um, fact check me, but I, I think this is more accurate than anything else being said. In Pennsylvania, they were not supposed to have mail-in ballots, um, you know, for the way they did. It had to be approved, like, through Congress, but instead of doing that the legal way, they did it through a Supreme Court decision, um, and, or vice versa, one of those. And uh, anyway, that's why um, he wanted him to send it back to, to the state, specifically Pennsylvania, because according to Pennsylvania law, that was illegal. Like it had to be an act of Congress to do that. But instead, the Supreme Court ruled they could send out the mass voting mailings. Um, so that, that's why. So that's the premise that Pennsylvania vote was invalid because of that legal issue. And he was saying it's not unconstitutional. It's your job to certify or not certify. This is a totally valid reason to not certify. Therefore, you don't proclaim him winner. You send it back to Pennsylvania and say, hey, follow your laws, fix your laws and do this right then send it back to us. And Pence was saying, no, that's bad. I can't do that. And Trump is saying, no, this is exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, so, so taking them at the word, no one is bad in that situation. Um, even though I personally think what I just said, I think Pennsylvania did something bad and it was illegal. And Pence went ahead and certified it to just not rock the boat or perhaps set himself up for future political aspirations, like freaking running for president now. Um, anyways, that's my thoughts. I agree with you, Nate. I thank you, Rico. I thought I put everyone to sleep. Nah. Only uh, mostly. Yeah, Michael and Chris Claus are like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> you guys are in a foreign land. Yeah, it doesn't matter who your president is. Probably better than our... I won't even say it because I'm a Christian. Not want to say that type of word. Um, our, we have a prime minister. Our prime minister. Yeah. Chris, are you from Canada, sir? Yes, ma'am. Are oh, you what from province? No, ma no, but I'm too. Oh. I'm like a state. Of, I'm like a state away from Canada. I'm in Ontario, ma'am. Isn't there like? I'm there? I'm in South Dakota, and then it goes North Dakota, and then Bamo, Canada. <laughs> yeah. How's them forest fires? Are they getting them under control? Oh, I'm still willing to smoke down to you. Is it working? What did you say, Michael? What? We're well, natives up here. We're just sending smoke signals. Yeah, no, oh, it, it was a, it was a bad joke. We got there were there were a few American politicians that were. Oh, um, I was like, yeah, no, no, Marjorie Taylor, whatever her name is, because she's just not a smart person, was saying that um, that we're part of the uh, the the quote was the China climate cult, um, and that uh, it was. Yeah, it was somehow like, you know, forest fires were, were something. It was just, it was almost unintelligible, but most things she says is. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I was just making a bad joke that we were sending more smoke your way. Well, you know, not us in particular. We got it, the brunt of it, the first go around. And I woke up and I looked and I kept telling you guys, Canada, come get your smoke. <laughs> But um, it was bad for a while. We had the thick smoke and uh, it was kind of scary because my son is asthmatic. So he had to wear his little COVID mask everywhere, even though he didn't have COVID. But it was it was pretty rough here for a while. But now we don't have any of your smoke anymore. So 
it's all good now. We can breathe again. That's a good sound. So, Michael, I thought you may ask about my meme, but uh... oh no, I, I it was funny. I I, I love the whole Ragnar thing. I like I I watched Vikings uh, <laughs> religiously. Loved loved that show, um, and it was yeah. I I I was not happy the way it ended. I really wasn't. I know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean. I got I got a ring notification. That's why I went quiet. Oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Everything just everything stopped. My oh, I I had a huge lag spike. Oh my gosh! My Fortnite stopped. Uh, my this stopped. Like, anyways, I thought my internet was going out for the day, but I guess it was just a big spike. But so I I didn't hear what you said. But I was gonna say um, you know, I got this from from like occasionally you'll see like the the pagan society or whatever posts yet again on Facebook. And it's always something about Christians. And then, like, the first thing Christians always do is, you know, why don't you pagans follow your greatest tradition of all, converting to Christianity? <laughs> Anyways, this was one of the pictures. So I thought. No, no, what I had said was, uh, is I didn't like the way it ended. And I wish that they would have done something more with Rolo. But after he went to Frankia, everything just kind of fizzled out for him. And I was disappointed because he was, he was a badass. I liked him. I mean, the part with, like, Ivan and stuff was kind of cool and, like, the Roos and. I mean, that's kind of neat, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it kind of fizzled out. I mean, Ragnar made that whole show. Yeah, agreed. Although, Lagatha, Lagatha was amazing. She was amazing. I loved her. Let's see. Anybody else get anything quickly before I have to run? Well, yeah, like, you know, talk of, uh, I guess I would, you know, um, Vikings killed it all, Chris. <clears throat> Vikings killed it all. Well, I'm here longer than usual because I guess I, I got started later than usual because, yeah, it's like summer for my kids, so I don't have to take them to school, so I like sleep in a little bit. Um, let's see if Vangel has anything to say for a final topic. What's up, Vangel? All right, can you hear me? Yes. All right. Yeah. Since you got to go, can we discuss time? <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say before I said I have to go? <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> Nothing else with you. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> good morning. Hey, good morning, bro. Good morning. All right. Well, I guess that's, I guess that's short and sweet. But yeah, we, we covered quite a bit, quite a few topics. Let's see. Tongue talking, homosexuality, sin, mithraism, Christian nationalism. Pin selection certification. We went through the whole gambit. If anyone missed hey, one of those topics, feel free to watch the replay. What, Kim? Hey, I have a question before you go. And this was a topic I was talking about on another platform, of which I have since removed myself. But um, do you believe, Nate, and anybody in here, that uh, if you are a homosexual, you can't be a Christian? Depending how you say uh, that. Uh, um, uh, 
Yeah, you cannot be a Christian if you're homosexual. That's that's an abomination before God. No. It, yeah, depending how you say that, like if if they say like in the, in the Bible context, right? Like people who are practicing homosexuals, then then that's a sin. That's unrepentant sin. So that's just like unrepentant murder. Uh, no, otherwise you're not going to really do these things. If you say like you know someone is says they're homosexual, but you know they're celibate, and you know that's just like they have to be celibate. That's their cross to bear. They want to follow Christ. They know homosexuality is a sin, yet they're attracted to the same sex. And if they were going to get married or you know have sex with anyone, it would have to be the same sex. And they know that's a sin. Therefore, they'll abstain completely and be celibate. Then I, I think that's totally fine. That's what we all deal with. Like there's sins we all would like to do, but we recognize their sins and we abstain and we don't do them. Uh, but if someone's like, yes, can I, you know, practice unrepentant sin and be a Christian? Um, well, ultimately, only God can judge. But by the Bible, um, no, that I mean, that is a sin. And it says, you know, these people among all these other people have their part in the lake of fire. So is this like someone like, you know, who may be addicted to drugs, knowing that's a sin or, you know, um, uh, or a hom homosexual who's in a homosexual lifestyle? They just came to Christ. They've converted. They're like, OK, I know this is a sin. And, you know, they're they're struggling with this. Like, at what point does grace stop? At what point can they, you know, keep hooking up with dudes or what person what at what point can, you know, unmarried straight people? continue having sex or living together, uh, you know, outside being married and stuff like that. And at what point does grace run out? And it's like, no, this is unrepentant sin. You are a liar. The truth is not in you. Um, I don't know. God knows that, but I'd say it yeah. absolutely is a sin. Um, just like 612 other things are absolute sin. You may, uh, well, Nate, you say unrepentant. So does that mean if, homosexual repents and turns from being that way they that they're not forgiven unrepentant means does that mean you know unrepentant means that they're not willing to repent but what if they do what if they're willing they're just kind of like you know what i'm well, saying right. i don't know if i'm right, asking right. the question no right, but. you you are that, that that's exactly what i'm saying it's like you know people that you would say i mean let's just let's just say addiction right forget forget the term you know what i mean mm -hmm. people who like their their mind their heart wants to repent like they're like yes I know this is a sin. I'm never going to do this again. God, give me this drink. And then the next day, they like wake up in some dude's bed. They're like, oh, crap, what have I done? Like, I know this was wrong. I did it anyways. Ah, it's like, you know, I'm struggling with this. I need help. God, forgive me. Help me change. I don't want to do this. And that's where, you know, Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So do that with fear and trembling. Uh, but it's like, that's exactly right, right? Or people addicted to alcohol or gambling or porn or, uh, you know, straight sex outside of marriage. It's like, at what point can they be repentant and, you know, they hate themselves for doing this, yet it's like Paul says, you know, the thing I want to do, I don't, and the thing I don't want to do, I keep doing, who will save me? And it's Jesus. So the idea is, I mean, the ideal is they recognize it's sin, they stop, they never do it again. But that's incredibly idealistic, and a lot of people will, you know, go through a, a path of, you know, repenting and stopping and the sin and not doing it again, but, you know, there may be slip-ups. Um, they may be struggling just like, you know, ah, I know I shouldn't have done these drugs or done this thing or whatever, but I did it again. Oh, ah, yeah. It, the point is there is a point of God's grace and only God knows what that is. So the idea, get away from it and never look back. Uh, but only God knows. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's not an easy thing to do. Cause I hear people, I tell people that all the time, because I mean, look at the prostitute that was getting ready to be stoned. Jesus told her, uh, after he told them, um, you without sin cast the first stone, and then he asked the woman, where are your accusers? But then he also looked at her and said, go your way and sin no more. 
Right. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. Don't. But I think in this day and age, Nate, a lot of people, and I tell people, you know, I have people that I know that they're just like, oh, it's no big deal. I just, I'm going to go out and do this. I don't know if anybody else has experienced people like this. I know God's going to forgive me. So I'm just going to go out and have my fun. And then I'm going to come back and ask God to forgive me because he's going to do it anyways if I ask. I mean, and they quote scripture. They're like, because, you know, in the Bible, it says, at, you know, ask and it shall be given to you. So if I ask for, give, for forgiveness, he has to give it to me. I'm like, so I guess the question for me is when I talk to these people, how do I explain that? Does he? Yes, he's forgiving. Of course, he's going to forgive you. But is it to the point where sometimes he's just like, well, you keep on doing the same thing over and over again, hitting your head on a brick wall all the time, and you keep asking me, does he ever, I'm wondering if he ever gets tired of, not tired of forgiving, but does there come to a point where he won't if you continue to do the same thing over and over again, knowing that it's wrong? Uh, I mean, yeah, too bad, too bad Chris R left, like how he puts it. But, um, I, I mean, you know, there would be, there would be a point where at least from our standpoint, we would think, okay, you have done this so long while you're professing a Christian that, um, you know, you're either, you're actually not a Christian, like you've increasingly got worse and worse and there is no visible steps of you being more and more Christ-like. So you're either not a Christian or somehow if you are a Christian, like, you know, before Chris is just like, yeah, God will kill you. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I thought about that for a minute. I'm like, I mean, I guess I agree kind of um, that, you know, if you're truly a new creation in Christ, like you're going to change. Like, you know, we're told we're a new creature. We believe this stuff. So like, you know, we have a new heart. And, you know, while it's like, what is someone, what is some, where is someone's heart, right? Like store up your treasures in heaven, not here. So like, even if you have this pool for things of the world or things the Bible calls sin, you are going, I mean, goodness, like it took me like my entire life and I'm still not there yet, but I'm a lot better than I was. Um, you know, biblically speaking, I, I fall in line with Christ a lot more than I used to be. So I like to think, well, by the grace of God, you know, there has been progress. And when I see other people that like, you know, never did half the bad stuff I did, they're like, yep, I just grew up in church. I'm just a Christian person. I'm like, eh. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, wouldn't, I'm, wouldn't like, we, I'm like, sh shouldn't we all be so lucky anyways? But then other people that are like slower than me, um, I'm like, okay, well, are there some, some visible steps? Or when I talk to a friend, they're like, yeah, man, I messed up last night. I did this. I know I shouldn't have. I'm like, okay, well, at least they recognize it's bad. And, you know, they are, are repentant. Like they, they know it's bad. They know they shouldn't have done it. You know, they feel bad. So if Jesus is going to like bring that person out of it, or if they're just like such a vile, terrible Christian, Chris is just like, yeah, God's not going to deal with that. He's going to like drag you out of it or you're going to die to save your soul. Like, now, I know, Nate, you got to go. But one of these days I would love to share with you because I, you and I are similar because I used to be like so against God. I was like, no, uh -uh, no, you know, and the thing for me was the hypocritical people. Oh, they would just be like, so I got to the point where I told everybody, I don't want a God like that. You know, I would see people out in the, when I was not living right and stuff, see people out in the bars drinking and, and dancing, all gyrating and all kinds of, and then they were the same people that would be in church right on the front row. And I finally said, no, no, if that's the kind of God, I, mm -mm, no, thank you. 
Uh uh. So I think a lot of it is you have to have your own experiences with God. Because I tell you what, Nate, I've ran into, and I'm sure I will run into it here. I have ran into a lot of of atheists that, for whatever reason, don't believe in God. For whatever reason, if they've, you know, been hurt by a church or somebody. But I try to explain to them, and it's hard to explain to an atheist. It really is, because they are so set in their ways. And my son, my son's, my son's going to be 15 pretty soon. And uh, he said, Mom, this is what you tell an atheist. I'm like, okay. Now, remind you, this is coming from a 15-year-old. He says, you asked him. Because, you know, I believe atheists go off the five senses. If you can't see, taste, feel, or it doesn't exist. So you tell him this, Mom. Can you see your brain? No, you can't see it. Can you touch your brain? No, you can't touch it. So do you have a brain? <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, but I'm ha- I, I really want to, um, if you're okay with it, when you're back on here, I got to go to work, but I would love to share my um, testimony if one of these days to the room, if it be possible, you'd be surprised. I'd love to have a discussion with your son one day. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the age what the age is on here. I don't think there. What is the age? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know if Michael, as a good moral atheist, wants to lure a fifteen year old further to the pit of hell. You're not gonna. I mean, um, my son now, Michael. If you're an atheist, good luck in debating my fifteen year old. Because he's oh. not budging on his stance. Oh, no, I, I'm gonna I give you. I don't think warning. I have the power. He's not budging. Yeah, I don't he think I have budge. the power to de. Yeah, I don't think I have the power to deconvert someone. But that, but that argument that I mean, like right away, can you see your brain? Yeah, well, actually, we can see our brain. Yeah, we can. I mean, we know we have one, but no, no, we can see them. We can actually see them. Well, yeah, I mean, just crack you open like a coconut. But anyways, uh, yeah, no, yeah, we'll probably no, we don't even possible. have to do that. I, yeah, I know brain yeah. scan, the MRI. Yeah, we have um, medical imaging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we did it a thousand years ago, so you'd have to crack them open. Um, but but yeah, Kim, that's probably possible sometime, but I really have to go. Being an atheist, the sci- they, I always tell people, they go off science. Oh, okay. Kim, you're cutting up. But they go off uh, scientific. You're, you're like, yeah, Don't you're you chopping guys, is up pretty. more lean towards science? Can anyone hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, bro. I can hear you. Yeah, okay, right. I don't, I don't know if I'm having a really bad connection, but everything's chopping up. Uh, Kim, you're chopping up, but I also have to go. So, um, yeah. I'm ready for well, you, brother. I'm ready. We'll see you later. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Have an awesome Monday. I got five minutes.